Hello and welcome to the Hash Rugby Chat, episode 41. Goal, we've been doing this for, for a number of weeks now, haven't we? Um, I, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, your best place for rugby opinion and predictions. Um, and tonight, we're going to be talking all things international rugby. Well, actually, I'm not. I'm going to drop off and uh, deal with the live chat. Um, and Ashwin's going to take over. So uh, I'll hand you over to, um, to Ashwin. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing well. Yes, uh, another... Another wet day in the city today, so um, yeah, yeah, nice to sort of like be home under a waterproof roof. <laughs> and um, let's talk some rugby. And uh, as, as Paul said, he's going to now dash off to the old chat room. So we'll we'll duck in and um, have a chat to Paul. We'll see what's happening in the chat room um, as, as things come up. And uh, joining us today is Herman and Ryan. Herman, how you doing? I'm doing fine. My only complaint now is my neighbor who plays in a heavy metal band. Have you starting a rehearsal session? So if it's coming some noise through, you know why. <laughs> and he's the playing. He's playing. The wall. Yeah. <laughs> but apart <laughs> from that, I'm good. <laughs> Ryan, how's you, how's Ryan in the tequila? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a little bit strong tonight, but um, hey, we'll see where it takes us. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, look. Um, as we said, we've just had an, an exciting weekend of international rugby. Uh, something different, obviously, from our uh, regular Super Rugby week, week in, week out. So uh, what was uh, everybody's moment of the weekend from international rugby? Ryan, let's lead, lead us off there. What, what was your moment of the weekend? Uh, I really enjoyed that Springboks uh, England test. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was on. I I hadn't really planned to watch it, and I uh, I was up at, at the kickoff, and I thought oh, I'll throw a little bit of an, uh, I'd back Springboks, and, and after twenty minutes, I was thinking, well, this is I've just donated some money. I'm going to bed. But I had a couple of things to do it. I think about three forty-five, so I kind of stuck to that. And then by the time that came around, the game, I put myself away. After that, it was awesome rugby. So human. What was your moment of the weekend? Uh, I would probably pick uh, Japan-Italy because I was so surprised because in all regards from quality of the games to quality of the tries, like huge crowd in a big stadium, it looked like a proper tier one that test. Was, so, so that was good. my big takeaway. Nice, nice. And, and something a little bit different from the old tier one teams playing? Well, it looked like tier one. Yeah, obviously, for those that didn't tune in last to last night's review of the International Games of the Weekend, Herman highly recommended actually finding the game online and uh, watching it, or at least the highlights package, uh, because sounds like it was a very good game to actually watch and good high-quality rugby. For me, um, it was just getting some international rugby. I was like, so looking forward to it. Um, the, the game that I was looking forward to didn't live up to the heights that we were expecting it to and I missed out on the one that I should have seen which was the um, South Africa England game but um, no nah, in general just was so looking forward to seeing some international rugby um, I think it didn't let us down basically over the four games of the um, the well, let's call them the super rugby team uh, countries versus the northern hemisphere countries and then obviously throw in a few like Japan and Italy and the like and plenty of rugby international rugby to see and it was great to see. Paul, anybody in the uh, with some views in the old chat room there on their moments of the weekend? A lot of people talking about uh, South Africa and uh, England, obviously. Um, also, uh, Jack thought the uh, the All Blacks game was good. 
And I guess one of my moments of the weekend was from that game where it was good to see a referee turning around and telling, telling Aaron Smith to shut up um, and also telling uh, uh, Sam Whitelock that it wasn't up to him how quickly they got to the next scrum. Uh, but so uh, him t- taking control of, it, of the game, I, I enjoyed. Um, I guess the other thing actually I enjoyed from this was getting away from the negativity we see around Super Rugby. And uh, I saw it again today, and we'll talk about it later. But um, uh, yeah, there's, yeah, it was just nice to have positivity until obviously after the game, and then everyone's going, "Well, why wasn't it a red card?" Um, so that's that's one of my bad moments of the weekend is the is, is all of the stuff that's happened afterwards. Everyone going, "It must be a red card," and slowing things down, doing narrow shots and yeah, silly clicks, and yeah, just the big. Uh, why can't we actually look at? Why can't we focus on the positive things of the, of the rugby positive rather than the rather than always fo- focusing on the negatives? That's my my I guess yeah my my gripe. Interesting, you mentioned the Aaron Smith. So it was a it was a weekend where halfbacks got told off because uh, I think um, I, I, was it Connor Murray that was actually playing halfback for Ireland. Or yes, he also got marched ten from a uh, from a scrum only. I think or a, I think it was only a scrum, but decided to have a conversation with the referee, who, which he didn't appreciate, and got marched ten as well. So yeah, the the referee starting to fight back the uh, towards the uh, yappy halfbacks. <laughs> revenge of the half, revenge of the rest. This is what we, this is. Our, this yeah. <laughs> so, well, so moving on to our, our second point, then um, is obviously uh, obviously leading into the, um, the the international weekend. Let's put it that way. Um, expectations were high for the Northern Hemisphere teams, um, how they were going to perform. Um, didn't transpire that way, and re- really, I mean, if we if we look, basically Wales, own, the only one sort of uh, overcoming a Southern Hemisphere opposition, were we premature and premature and thinking that the gap was closing, or has it closed? Let Herman think... text us on first, shall we? Yeah, go, Herman. Go. Should I go first? Okay. No, I, I mean, come on, it's it's one weekend, couple uh, one round of games, you know, and. Uh, Yes, obviously, all Blacks France got a, became a blowout, but that was yeah could probably have been a closer score if uh, with some other refereeing decisions there. But it was, an All Blacks win was always in the card, so that's and there are other games where we expected more even contests. I mean, Australia against Ireland was very very even, and it was not the first selection Ireland. And uh, also, I mean, as you spoke about yesterday, to to call out that the English rugby is dead. They lost by three points, you know, it's like. It, it's <laughs> so no. I think it's way too early to make that call. Brian, your team since with yeah. Well, I thought you know, I thought there were a few things that England weren't going to be you know a, a, a favourite going into South Africa. They you know, didn't have a good Six Nations. The Barbarians ripped apart um, what was you know, granted a, a B England side, but there were cracks there showing. Uh, um, and the thing that I thought about England's performance on the weekend was that the Springboks exposed them in the same areas that, that the Barbarians did, playing fast, playing up-tempo, playing with work. That's where they... Um, Ireland was a big disappointment for me from the weekend, but, yeah, it's one they didn't have uh, full-strength side. Um, they had a number of those guys come off the bench and didn't really make any impact, which you know, sometimes you guys aren't suited to coming off the bench. And... Um, they were the big disappointment, though. They just they lacked creativity. They they had plenty of ball, but they just didn't do anything to to break Australia down. The side, I guess, that probably surprised 
me with how well they went was a game we didn't get on TV here in New Zealand. That was Scotland. You know, by all accounts, went really well in, in disposing of Canada, who aren't a superpower by any means. But you know, they're they're probably the one Northern Hemisphere side that's really on the up and up. And um, it's probably a little bit of a shame that they're playing tier two nations on in this break. Um, would have been good to see them maybe getting a, a crack against Australia or, or someone else. Yeah, but I think with Wales also, you know, they have beaten two Southern Hemispheres team in a row here, so I mean, we can't just forget about that. And they, they certainly don't have an A side either, Wales. They're like one of the weakest Wales side ever. So, so coming and, back and to they're me- coming up against a pretty cohesive Argentinian side wearing, uh, going from, going from the Hagiwari jersey to the blue and white strip. So, yeah, they, and, um, they did very well defensively. Basically, shut um, Argentina down defensively, didn't they? They did. They did. I mean, but but also, I mean, it's. Am I ruining the debate a little bit here? Because I find it funny this debate that you should compare like the northern hemisphere with the southern hemisphere. You know, I mean, I mean, for me, first of all, when I look at it, it's New Zealand and the rest. That's where you start, you know, and to. <laughs> and to, I, yeah, it to not just I think to any way like align South Africa and Australia and Argentina's result and New Zealand result is it's not fair at all. I think. Yeah, no, look, it's it's something that's come about. I think you know um, started with the rugby championship when it was just the three, and it, it sort of evolved out of that. You know, as the international the over here, obviously, it's our winter window and then obviously when the southern hemisphere teams go up for the autumn internationals, it's something that's sort of come a evolved over the last sort of, I suppose, 10, 15 years is that uh, Southern Hemisphere versus Northern Hemisphere um, seasons, so to speak, or a series of games. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's what actually led to it. But you're right. I mean, at the end of that, it's, it's a bit cliched. It is a bit cliched. Um, and um, But it's something that's come about because of the way that the competitions roll, I think. I get it. I get it. But to say to me, last, I don't know how many years back we're going to put it, but Basically, I mean, because there is so little between team number two to number eight, nine in the world ranking. They can basically beat each other anytime, anywhere. You know, it's only New Zealand that you have to have like a peak performance against them. They probably have an off day to, to beat them, but there is so little between them. So it's like, and one test, and we all know that like there are million little things that can go right and go wrong in a test match. You know, and all of a sudden we're going to make this huge decision. Oh, this shows strength for this hemisphere. You know, like after one round of game, it's like, Oh, we need more. <laughs> and you need, if we went, and you need if to, we went to this university, you know, let, look at our study here. They would laugh at us, you know. <laughs> and you need the rubber, the green of the decisions to go your way, eh? <laughs> sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> look, yeah, just going back to Ireland, and, and um, mm-hmm. I suppose, you know, I've been coming, I'll get, jumping ahead a bit, um, but well, I'm guessing that they'll start, they'll select the likes of, um, oh, God, my mind's got Johnny Sexton. Um, Ted Furlong, etc., will be starting this week. So we should see a difference there, I guess, from the Irish team. Or are we sort of like, you know, looking back to last week as well as chucking a bit of the Ireland France game in, where their attack still seems to struggle? Um, they get the ball, they've got good ball control, but just that attack doesn't seem to have that venom in it. Or what are we expecting out of the, Do we think there will be a change? Ryan, have a chat. <laughs> I think there's definitely going to be a change to their side, and I think we'll see something closer to, you know, the the full strength of what what they've got available. Um, but yeah, I've got real concerns that that it's not so much a, a quality thing from the weekend; that it's just a style thing. 
that they've gone into this, this mode of we're just going to grind out games. We're going to, uh, you know, look after the ball. And, but these, you know, come up against a quality defensive side and, and you need more than that to break a team down. And, and people have said going into last week that Australia are a quality defensive side. Probably not. But... And sort of through them instead of creating space, um, you know, either through offloading or trying to play with a bit more width. Hey, Ryan, I think might need to drop off and come back again. You're um, cutting out quite a bit. Okay. Or is oh, somebody okay. downloading something in the in the flat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quite possible. Um, no, but I, I, I yep. Yeah, I have two, two, two thoughts about uh, the upcoming uh, Ireland-Australia game. It's, uh, I expect a stronger Ireland side. But they're going to go for the first selection. And, and it, it usually makes difference when you have like your world-class fly half coming back instead of having a debutante there. That's, that usually makes a huge difference. Also, and I also have a sneaky feeling, like remember last year that when the Springboks came up for like one game against the Allbacks, and it, it reminded me quite a lot how Australia, like all the bo- every player put their body on the line for the full 80 minutes. And I'm not certain if Australia can do that for another week. Can we really fire themselves up? Because now we were questioned, we were doubted, everything, you know, they really, really were fired up for this one. Now I have shoulder hand. Ireland going to be prepared for them, but can you, you reckon Australia can be that fired up again? Look, I, I think a lot of it will come down to... I, I think one of the big factors um, in Australia's success with their forward pack, uh, obviously with six on the bench as well, but the Pocock-Hooper um, combination really worked for them. What they were, I think, were able to do, and uh, maybe Hooper didn't necessarily get the turnovers, but he was still disruptive and therefore slowing the ball down, which gives Pocock a chance to get back on his feet and really attack those... Um, rucks and he he was a pest and a menace yeah. for Ireland at those rucks and um you know it really when we look at obviously Australia does struggle for world class players um across their squad but they've got two in Pocock and Hooper and um I think they were really disruptive. If they can get up provide put put a performance in like they did last week, I think Australia's got a uh, another good shot. And I, but the thing that concern that it's still got with Australia is um their back line. I don't think the selections Seem right. Karevi, as we've discussed, he, he does seem a defensive liability in the back line. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah, that's the thing that concerns me. But look, we talked about it last night. So again, go back and see the show or listen to the show if you haven't. But one thing you've got to be careful with those Aussies, you give them confidence. And they would have yeah. got a lot of confidence out of last, um, the weekend. And, and that'll count a lot, um, for them as well. So, there's two factors, Pocock Hooper and the confidence building. Um, I, I think it'll be a ding-dong battle between uh, Ireland and uh, Australia this weekend. What will be changed in Ireland for sure is they, they didn't play Dan Levy, who is the other like, young, young upcoming star who plays uh, seven. Yep, and I'm right, really, yep. really looking forward to see him uh, go at it with Pocock because he looks... I mean, even if Ireland lost, I think all of us were really impressed with James Ryan, who came down here with a huge reputation. He delivered right away. And Dan Levy has been just as good this season, too. So they are, Ireland have something in their back pocket to come to Pocock, and we all see if it's good enough. Yeah, Ryan, now that you're back on, we'll test out your um, video yeah. and sound and see yeah, how you go. Am I, am I yep. here? Have you got me? We got you. We got you. Come on in. Yeah, I thought, like, 
on your point about Hooper and Pocock, I thought really the difference in the end in that game was that there were four world-class guys with a bit of X-factor about them for the Wallabies, and that was the two you mentioned, and then Beal and Falau. And I yeah. think when you look across... Nah, bugger. Yeah. <laughs> Dear old Ryan. Game to those four that stepped up. Unfortunately, Ryan, somebody's downloading a big file in your flat there, and uh, you're still breaking up. Uh, all good. I'll, I'll cut it for the night. <laughs> no, but um, just just to just to sort of um, uh, yeah, go back to what Ryan was obviously um, going to be referring to was that yeah, something Falau and Beal. Beal was um, yeah, a bit of a magician. I thought he he sort of he was the one that was getting that backline going when or getting the. Um, momentum on the back line happening and obviously Falau with his aerial skills um yeah it's actually you know it's, it's one of the great things in international rugby is is seeing Falau's aerial skills He's, he is the best in the game at that yeah well, it's, but the worrying thing from a yeah from also from an all blacks perspective is what some of the things you do is pretty much undefendable you know you can't defend against it either because no one's going to beat him in the air no one Mm. I, I think I was alluding to us is like you know you've got good got you've got truckload of good players in the air you know you you, you can go with your Ben Smiths I've forgotten the Irish wing's name the young fella that was on the wing on the weekend um, okay. oh, yeah that's the one yeah and and you know you you've got um and, and Watson at uh, for the uh, for the English they they're, they're, they're good in the air but the way they take the ball is not the way that Israel Folau takes it he takes it AFL style with the hands above the head you can't beat that. Like, your I hands would, around he, your chest, and his would, hands are above his head. He would dominate an AFL too with both aerial skill. He, he played. Yeah, but I get But and that's that's, one, that, that's where he's learned his aerial skills from. Yep. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to step back into the chatting now that Ryan's gone. Ron's leaving it to be the yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul, get back to the chat room. Me, 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 and Ash, me, and, me and Ash gonna have a tat tat here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now we we can't we agree too often. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, the comments in the chat room are pretty similar around it being too early to tell and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's all that's all good. Now yeah. look, it's it's really I think it's it's what um, Herman was saying. It's, it's really at the end of the day, you've got the All Blacks at the top. There's like about a five point difference in the ratings. However, that's done. Um, you know, some Deloitte or Winston Young type calculation and. Um, and uh, basically, then you've got from number two to number eight, and on their day, anyone can beat anybody. And we saw that with Six Nations. Sorry, Paul, to hurt you, but Scotland beating England, for example, you know. <laughs> and, and so you're right there. And it's just a bit of banter, I think, that comes out with that Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere challenge. But at the end of the day, it's who's whoever's on the game on the day will win the game. Yeah, it's something that comes out quite often in November, in November tours where they actually sort of run a little mini table as to uh, the, 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 the wins and losses uh, with the rugby championship teams against the uh, Six Nation teams often in, in that window. And obviously with them playing different different teams each weekend, it makes more sense during the November window that it becomes, it's more of an even thing. Uh, but whereas this window where you have three games against the same people, it's a bit different as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing that might have come out of last weekend, though, I don't know... I'm, just a sort of 30% chance that I might actually make the effort to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch the uh, South Africa-England um, second test. 
It's very minimal. I mean, you know, it will depend on what happens on Saturday night. <laughs> but, yeah, look, I mean, as I said, the, the, with the game that they played last weekend, it was, as I said, the game of the round in terms of oh, what yeah. we want to call it. And um, you, you, that's what you want to watch. That's what we watch rugby for, especially when you're neutral and you've got no investment in the in the game and you can just watch it for the enjoyment of it without oh, being yeah. stressed out while you're sitting there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, speak for yourself. Um, <laughs> you want to say something, Paul? No, no, I was, I was going to say, actually, this, this weekend we'll be doing post, post-match reaction to the All Blacks versus France. I mean, that'll be the only one we'll do this weekend um, because of other family commitments, um, unless someone else is going to host uh, that, those chats. But, um, yeah, that, that's the only one we'll do this evening, this, this weekend. Sweet. Alrighty, then moving on to um, our topic number three for the night. Obviously, Carl Tuin. Tu- oh God, I'm not. I had this down. I've been practicing it, and now I can't get it out under pressure. Um, Carl, you know, coming big Carl, big Carl, big We need Ryan back. Ryan, Ryan's pronunciation is 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 top notch. Top notch. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, um, look, we've seen him come. He wasn't even in a Super Rugby squad. He's coming through injury, and not just, like, the first cab off the rank. He used many cabs off down off the rank. He was at the back of the rank. <laughs> he wasn't on the rank. He was an Uber driver. <laughs> oh, sorry. He was an Uber driver. <laughs> he wasn't allowed on the rank. Um, he's come through. He's played a few minutes for the Chiefs. Oh, this guy's not bad. Let's start him. Oh, he's going really well. And the All Blacks selectors look at Next thing you know, he's coming off the bench for the All Blacks. Are we missing out on many more players like Big Carl? And uh, personally, I'm going to say yes. What do you guys reckon? You go first, Paul, because my experience from New Zealand club rugby is very limited. Well, this isn't actually a New Zealand question. This one is something I was going to talk about on a Patreon-only show uh, probably about a month ago. Um, I didn't get around to it because when Hugh Jones, uh, who obviously who um, is now playing for Scotland as a centre of, and he apparently didn't even make his first fifteen team at school, uh, and so at schoolboy level he was considered not good enough for, at uh, for, for that level, uh, and he only developed later on into he went down to South Africa, um, played some university rugby, got through into Super Rugby, and then got noticed and, and up that way. So there was a boy that there was a boy. About, Boy, geez, a guy uh, who, who again was another late developer uh, that's come through. In England, you do have that professional, semi-professional level beneath the um, uh, the view of Premiership in the Rugby Championship, uh, that where, where there is at least some space for players to grow. But again, there we're seeing a lot of these academy products are, um, are basically coming through to the to, um, to the uh, rugby, the Premiership teams, and they're not looking at. Uh, those those other guys, the latest developers are, are struggling um, to find a place to, to learn and grow. So I don't think it's just a New Zealand thing. I think it happens elsewhere as well. No, you're right. You're, you're right, Paul. I want to add too that when I'm coming to think about it, the new uh, South African uh, left winger Jantis, also one who got reacted before it was time to take the big step up and choose to go to university. And they've been in university for four years now. Now came back, play Super Rugby, and within six months he's the starter for the Springboks. So it's it's another good case for that. Yeah, and Jack says here that's good. De- we have such good depth, and it comes through Master Ten Cup, Super Rugby, and then the All Blacks. Now, one of the things that Ashwin will know about uh, is that when we're talking about 
the say um, Auckland's minor ten, ten, ten cup team. One of the big issues that's going on there, uh, the, the, the battles, is that players are coming straight from the academy and schoolboy rugby into minor ten, and they're not having to play club rugby, uh, and that's become a big bone of contention for the club rugby players. Uh, and they're saying these guys just don't have the battle hardened and the proper experience to play at this level. Uh, it's all theoretical. Yeah. It's not actually learnt on the pitch. Look, there's, there's, there's the uh, Auckland rugby is such a complex thing, and and it's. I mean, obviously, we've talked about um, the issues with Auckland rugby, and these are the sorts of things that cause it problems. Is that you've got all these um, top class players coming through at secondary schools levels where they're getting picked up. Um, and, and if Auckland rugby doesn't jump on them, then obviously other unions and that will. So it's a, it's a, it's a really double-edged sword type scenario where Auckland rugby has to grab these young players. If they grab those young players, then they have to play them in the NPC squad, which means that the NPC squad doesn't do well because they hasn't got the experience. Um, the biggest impact that is is in the um, type five in particular. You can't expect schoolboy kids coming out of, or Colts players coming in and fighting it up hard with those grizzled old veterans from the Naki where Paul lives now. Um, you know, you, you need to spend time in, in club rugby and, 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 you know, battle it out, learn that skill set. Um, and they don't get that. And, um, and and ironically, you've got those guys that are in club rugby, they don't get a look in because all the young academy players are getting signed up. So, yeah, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. And, and you look at someone like a young, a, a big Carl, he effectively was lost to the game um, until his doctor told him, you better go do something physical, otherwise you're going to die. And that he thought, of, ooh, I've got children. I don't want to do that. I better do something about it. And out of that, he um, he started playing rugby again. I think he played overseas first, in fact. And then North Harbour picked him up. Um, and, yeah, so that's what happened. But, well, this is the thing, is it? Yeah. Yeah, Carl, the basically, Carl basically had the option of going to Weight Watchers or playing rugby. Um, <laughs> Brian makes it those, those low calorie meals are good but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, there's lots Ryan, of players out there really interesting, really interesting point you said he goes and says that uh, there's an argument that the number of brothers in the All Black side and the number that have brothers in Super slash Mighty 10 Cup teams is an example of preferential selections rather than freak genetics I, if you've got the right name, you kind of get selected by schoolboy rugby. Therefore, you get the exposure at schoolboy. Therefore, you get the exposure uh, and get your selection again. Uh, n- the number of times that actually opportunity is seen as being the, the sort of the big thing that makes makes or breaks a player's career. Um, and if the right person gets injured ahead of you, you suddenly have the opportunity and off you go. Whereas if that person doesn't get injured, you don't get the opportunity, you don't. Whereas these guys get a bit of a leg up in that sense. Oh, yeah. look, to, to pinch the CGW term, you yeah, definitely, um, you, you know, look, it's a lot of it comes down to, um, you know, being in front of the right people at the right time. There's a lot of luck involved in making it through. And obviously, if you've got a famous name, it helps a hell of a lot um, in your progress through um, the team, the, the club teams, you know, age grade teams in your club through to um, representative levels and the like. This is like, oh, there's another Barrett you might want to go check out that's playing down there in the under-12s. And this is like, who's not going to go check him out? There's a Barrett. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, but I, hey, look, I, yeah. think, I think there's a, I, so, so, surely there are a lot of, uh, uh, like, 
siblings or, or children to, to famous players who can tell the complete different side of that story too, but the huge expectation you get. get them. Imagine if Richie McCall get a son and he plays rugby. My God, if he's not good, his life's going to be a nightmare. Well, actually, this is well, actually, what, what on that. There's a, there's a fantastic one. So LeBron James uh, has uh, come out, um, I think it was today or yesterday, and said about his son. He said, oh, yeah, my, my, my greatest dream is playing on the same NBA court as my son. You're like, well, no pressure there, son. Under some not-too-nice circumstances, I had a chance to catch up with uh, a family friend that I haven't seen for a very long time, lives down Hamilton Way, and... Um, uh, Carlos Spencer's son sort of goes to I think it was Hamilton Boys down that way, and uh, basically he's just saying you know every sport every sport that he touches he's basically just uh, brilliant at you know he he actually even plays hockey apparently so well like so he's playing cricket rugby hockey anything he tries he's brilliant at so you're right Herman there's there's a lot of expectation comes with being the sibling or not sibling sorry the um the the, the child of a, uh, a a previous star. But there's also an element of that it's 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 easy to be uh, the best at schoolboy level, I mean, not, uh, relatively speaking. I mean, I I, I used to play uh, well, I played cricket against Liam Botham, so um, beefy Botham's son, uh, way back when. Make it. Um, and uh, pardon? <laughs> I hate, well, I hate, well, how come you didn't? How come I didn't make it? Well, yes. I used to bat at eleven. I used to bat at eleven and and, and not and not bowl. Uh, field at long legs. So that gives you an idea. So uh, I made up the numbers as far as cricket was concerned. <laughs> It didn't help that I didn't actually realize I needed glasses until we got to until I got seventeen and was driving. So um, anyway, um, well, yes, my entire cricket career was ruined because my parents couldn't get me an eye test. So, but um, running, coming back to where's, where's, the, where's the violin music when you need it? Right? <laughs> <laughs> that is so painful. Um, so. Um, and there was, there was another great uh, a, a, a story I heard about um, again a college uh, sorry a high school um, star in basketball uh, got invited by Michael Jordan to a to a camp he was running uh, made the silly mistake of telling Michael Jordan you can't guard me um, at which point he got absolutely <laughs> thumped um, and, and shown exactly where 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 his position was in the world um, so uh, and he made it to the NBA but. Pieced out after a couple of seasons. So, okay, you, you can. So, Carlos Spencer's son is saying, yes, he will have some natural ability at sports, uh, but it's going to come down to does he have the attitude and the aptitude uh, to take it to that next level um, to be like his dad, or has the fact that he's been um, in, in, a, in a situation where he's had an affluent upbringing, and he's got to have had. I mean, Carlos Spencer can't be can't be missing the odd buck or two, can he? Uh, and so. Uh, has he had the, has he had to strive and does he have the drive inside him to actually be the best? Um, who knows? Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, I'm going to use my favorite quote, and I'm actually the one who came up with this quote. This you can use it on any sport, really. I would say there are probably a, a thousand players around the world who have like the natural abilities and talents to be among the twenty best rugby players in the world. There are probably a thousand players. But there are only 20 players who have a head to be among the 20 best players in the world. And those are the 20 best players in the world. Oh, no, can I, only get... I disagree with that. I think there's probably a thousand players that have got the right head as well. But the problem is no. they're not the same thousand no. players that have got the right body. 
And so are, you try, are, you, are, you, are you trying to tell us that you have a head to be world's best rugby player here, Paul? No, not <laughs> me. No, he's talking about me. He's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. <laughs> and there are business leaders and that kind of thing who push themselves uh, and, and strive and stuff, but they don't have the bodies to be sportsmen. So I think there are. I think there are. There, there probably are the same number, but it's about having that combination of the two. Uh, it's mm. a bit like one of the things when. Um, Oh, Steve Adams, the, the 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 Kiwi that's playing basketball in, in, in the NBA, and they were like, "Oh yes, um, there's going to be this flood of of, of uh, New Zealanders going off to play basketball." And the answer was no. He's part of physically. There's only one percent of the population that has the body that he has, or, or even, and so actually, New Zealand has such a small. Cause with only four million people, there's only a, a tiny number. So maybe it's, it was less than one percent anyway that are big enough to do to play to play to play, to play professional basketball really. Uh, but I'm sure yeah, there's got to be other people with you're, you're taking the one sport where have like requires like extreme physics more than any other sport in the world. It's just basketball. If you take this to any other sports where like if you can have a little bit more like tennis or soccer, like really big world sports, but it doesn't really matter that much if you're big or small, then you will definitely see it's all about head who reaches the top and who doesn't reach the top. Now look, bringing it back to the, um, um, in terms of undiscovered talent, sort of, um, at, at sort of club level and the like, you know, you, you can also go back and with the, you know, Auckland's the fantastic example of this where they're players that just don't get discovered, don't get discovered, and then they might go play club rugby somewhere else and, and all of a sudden they'll end up signing a contract with the Super Rugby side. And, um, I'm, unfortunately, as was alluded to, Ryan's not with us and he'll be able to pronounce his name right about. Um, but, um, Dylan, um, Halanuku, um, who went and played down in, for the Highlanders, he was a prop who was originally from, um, Auckland and, uh, you know, he, he's, he's had a good, um, he had a good career with, uh, and a good couple of seasons there with the Highlanders. And, and again, he, he never even, you know, n- nobody really talked about. There's, there will be the guys that go to the club rugby, stand on the sidelines, and say, "Hey, this guy is who the Blues need to look at." But someone, no one from the Blues is there looking at him. Um, and, and but you know, the whisper gets out maybe down the country and saying, "Oh, have a look at this guy," and they will. Uh, all because again, because of academies and under twenties and age grade rep teams and that, where the players are coming through and they're the ones that are identified. They're the ones that are going to be signed up on the Super Rugby contract. Whereas a late bloomer misses out and possibly gets picked up, either gets picked up by somebody outside the region or never get picked up at all. So there's, I think there's a lot of Carls out there that uh, could be getting missed. For uh, sure, for sure. And, and, and Ryan has managed has typed the uh, the player's name that you're talking about in the chat. I'm not even going to attempt because I would butcher it. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I, I really, I need to go off and have a have a and and, and find someone to teach how to say his names because uh, some, I'm sure it sounds wonderful. The um, uh, a couple of years ago now, or was it a year ago now? Um, must be a year ago actually. Sorry, Andre and I took took a drive up to the. Um, oh, where did we go? I've gone blank. Uh, Northland. Where do they play? Whole um, Stadium, Fongaray. Fongaray. There we go. Took a drive up to Fongaray, and I got to interview the the assistant coach there. And one of the one of the issues they had was that players also would were would go down to Auckland for. Uh, high school rugby because there is, it's perceived that you have a greater chance of making it uh, as a uh, as a professional rugby if you're if you're playing high school rugby in Auckland, not North Shore, but actually Auckland itself, because um, yep. uh, uh, there are some top uh, rugby schools there. And yeah, as, by playing for oh, those, Jack, ones, could you? Um, 
Yeah, Jack, could you, uh, if you play one of those, not only are you going to be, uh, uh, is, is it going to be a professional scout come watch you, but you're on TV. Um, so, uh, whereas the under, the, the, the high school rugby up in, in Northland is not put on TV. Uh, so you're not going to get that exposure, the, the potential um, sightings. Oh, look, it's stuff. not only even that, Paul. It's, it's the fact is that, you know, the, the, um, the resources. Northland's not obviously a, a well-off union. Uh, the schools up there aren't well-off union. I mean, like, if you, you know, one of the big conversational points in New Zealand outside of rugby is, is the, um, the economic state um, of Northland region. And there's not a lot of money up there. So the schools... Um, the rugby unions, the rugby clubs, they don't have the resources that um, the schools in particular down in Auckland. So <laughs> Auckland schools are actually probably better funded than Auckland rugby. Um, and they've got the coaching, they've got all the flash gear. And so, you know, you can see for the development of your own game, there are benefits in relocating to one of these strong schools. You're saying Kindergans, your, your, your Mags, Mount Albert Grammar School, um, your Auckland Grammar School, you know, where they've lots of money. You go to Christchurch, your Christ College, um, and the likes, who've got good resources. So it's a great place to go to, um, further your rugby schooling. And, and it's not great for the regions who lose those players. No, and it's then, not. And again, another game I saw with you was actually was the, uh, we went to a, it was a warm up game for, a Meister 10 Cup game by Auckland, uh, and it was it was a high school game, and the they only open up one stand. Uh, it's the uh, the North Stand, isn't it? They open up four, um, yep. and uh, the North Stand was pretty much full, or the, or the bottom tier at least was, which is a bit they open uh, for the high school game. And then as soon as the high school game finished, they all left and didn't bother staying around for the Meister 10 Cup game, uh, which was about uh, uh, and a few other people arrived, admittedly, but it was probably about a quarter as full for the for the Meister 10 Cup game. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those funny things that you might get more exposure playing actually uh, high school rugby than you will at uh, some of the Mighty Ten Cup games. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, uh, yeah, and so I mean, so basically in summation, yep, there's plenty of cows out there that are going undiscovered, and um, it, it's I think I think that uh, you know people have to start to realise that you you're actually a a good rugby coach. If you can identify talent that is unexpo- that needs exposure, um, it's it, it's easy to be a coach and coach players that are already developed. It's to be able to go in there and saying, "Hang on, that guy's that kid's got something that isn't being tapped yet, and I can tap and I can get that potential out of them." Um, so watch out if the players come out of uh, Oswin's uh, rugby club that he's uh, that he's, he's coaching at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's interesting you you mentioned that. You know, this is like the kids coming. This is like, did we win? Did we win? This is like, you know, hey, kids, you're under sevens. It doesn't matter whether you win or lose. It's that you keep getting better and you learn the skills. That's what it's about. And it's just like, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. Oh, did we win? Yeah, you won. (laughs) (laughs) Right, well, and because we've um, already wrapped up 2018 uh, Super Rugby season, um, with the Crusaders getting another title, uh, they've released the draw for 2019, <laughs> which which obviously is a World Cup year, and um, it, so we're going with the same format: three conferences. You play everybody in your own conference, home and away, and then you play a few other games with the other conferences. 
And let's, let's be clear, that's not really news. We got told that um, last year that, that it would be the same format for the, until, the rugby, until the end of the, the contract. Uh, and so anyone who's on Twitter, and this is my rant here, anyone on Twitter who's saying that, oh, it's, uh, we've, we've still got conferences, we've still got 18 playoffs. Yep, you know what, you knew that already. That's not news. Actually, how about concentrating on the news that we've heard today uh, rather than just um, let's, rather than getting your baseball bat out and smashing yeah. it again. And, and that's not going to change until they actually come to the renewal of the Zanzar agreement. So we're going to have 2020 going to be the same. 2021 is the earliest we're going to see any changes. Yeah, 2021 will be the first changes. So we've got the same format. We've got no international breaks. We'll be starting a week earlier. I think it's about 15th of December. Uh, December. February, February. sorry. <laughs> yeah, February. That I believe I read that the uh, first weekend of rugby will be, obviously, to make sure we get it all finished before the World Cup. Um, no international break. There will be no June window of uh, test matches against the Northern Hemisphere teams. So we won't be able to discuss who's better, Southern Hemisphere or Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> and apart from the World snap! And and so as I said, there will be no breaks. There will be um, going on there, and the only there will be no breaks after tours for some of the teams either, which has sort of been happening a bit more this year. So going through our notes here that Paul's put together for us brilliantly is we go through there the um. After the tours, we're looking at the Blues. Nope, they won't have a tour. They're straight into the Sunwolves, and then they have a break. Oh, I, I wouldn't have through all these. I was, wasn't, oh, that was, was there for us to, to reference yeah, in part of our discussion. That's not to go through. Long time, yeah, yeah, don't, don't go through <laughs> that bit. Um. No, but we can look at, I think we can point out some of the teams who are, uh, but it looks like have benefited, and some teams that looks a little bit more hard done. You know, it's uh, but let's, let's one takeaway. One takeaway. Sorry, yeah, Paul. Let's, let's actually, first of all, let's talk about the, 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 the good thing. That's, that's the, real, yeah. the really good thing is there is no June break. That is fantastic. It's wonderful. Yay! Everybody but we, cheer. But um, we knew already. That's, that's, that's always in the World Cup years. That's no news. <laughs> well, I'm going to make it news because it's a good thing yeah, to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you have, to, you have to agree with Paul uh, as the fact is that there is no gap, which has always been a weird feature of Super Rugby is... Uh, but never in uh, a World Cup year, so let's move on, Never boys. in a World Cup year. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So it's good to have that. It's good that we've got a World Cup year, so we've got no gap. Yes. <laughs> so, um, other good features of the ra- of, of the format for next year, or it, it benefits for some teams? Well, I think it's also good we yeah. haven't got one of these silly solo just, just South Africa rounds, or just uh, it's, it's proper rounds all mm. the way through. They all start yeah, at the same everybody- time, they all finish at the same time. Yeah, I mean, one takeaway: we start this season one week earlier, and then manage to finish finish it on the third of June. Is it so hard to do this every year? Did they even have to move the June window to July? Couldn't they? I mean, how hard could it be? No, no. This finishes the twenty fifth of February through the sixth of July. Sixth of July is when the season finishes next year. Is it sixth of July it finished? Yeah. Oh, I thought it finished like in mid June already. No. Sorry, sorry, my mistake. Okay, but. You want to go through? I see. I, I've been looking through it, and I've been seeing some winners and losers in the schedule. Go for it. And uh, all right, like the winner, and it's a little bit annoying because if you look at one takeaway is the Crusaders. They have a bye week in the last round. Like it's pretty reasonable to think that Crusaders going to be qualified for a playoff for a home home quarterfinal. 
And what are they going to do? They're going to get a rest week before that, before the other team comes down to Christchurch. You know, that. it seems like that's not a favor Crusaders really need. Here's another factor. Um, last time in the World Cup year, um, like this year, we've had the mandated from the All Blacks uh, or the NZRFU two rests. Um, the All Black players have to be rested for two games. Look out for four games next year. I'd so- suggest. All black players will need to be rested for four games in the Super, in the super Rugby competition. Is this, you, is this something you know or just something you assume? No, I assume because I'm pretty sure there was more than two games that they were rested for in the uh, 2015 World Cup year. Um, there was a um, mm. pretty... Or, or they, either that or there was something... In 2007, they did the, the shocking mistake when they rested the All, the all Blacks for half a season. But they're never going to try that again. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Went so well. So, but yeah, oh, look, but it's gut feel. <clears throat> it's a gut feel because the other <clears throat> thing is that you get, you look at the intensity. That the intensity level's gone up since 2015 in terms of uh, the rugby play. So I just got a gut feel that you know when you're looking at a non World Cup year and they ask for um, stand down of two games, you don't expect them to go ask for more next year. I think what will happen is that they will, because the um, uh, the cause it's starting earlier, and you've still got to have that twelve weeks between finishing the All Blacks games and starting it and, and that twelve week break that all All Blacks have to have. Um, I think they will miss uh, if, uh, the start of the season at a guess because I don't think they'll I don't think they'll have finished the All Blacks tours in time to get the players back in time. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously there will be but a half round of um, rugby championship as well at the end afterwards yeah. before the World yeah. Cup. But if you look at the schedule, like one thing I took away right away, but I thought like was there are a couple of things that makes me a little bit upset about it. It's uh, obviously it's, it's a 15 team, but it's always one team that needs to have a bye, and uh, most team doesn't like to have a bye in the first round, but there is. It's pretty obvious there's one team that would do great with a bye in the first round because they have shorter preparation time than all the other teams, and that's the Sunwolves. But do they give the Sunwolves a bye in the first round? No. They, Instead, they are they make changing, the Sunwolves go to, go to home. They are changing the... Uh, yeah, but they're still going to have a shorter preparation. They're still going to have a shorter preparation time. They're just going to get more, but they're still going to be short. For sure, Sunwolves could benefit from an extra week. They're the only team that really could benefit for them, but they don't give it to them. And... To top it up, someone's going to play at home in the first round, but they're going to play that game in either Singapore and Hong Kong, which is also like, what are we doing? I'm getting really, really disappointed with Suns for doing this. I mean, it's, it's they want to grow the game in Japan, but really, do you really want to do it? Hey, just, give them a chance. Make it fair. Give them a, a level playing field. So are you, are you guessing that game's in, in, uh, in Singapore or Hong Kong? Because they've not announced yeah. the news yet. Are you guessing? Okay. No, but you can. No, no, no. I'm not guessing. I, I'm, a, I'm doing solid research poll when I'm doing my stuff. you can see it on the on the, Sun on the on the Sun Wars website. You can see the prefix against the for the first home game and for the fourth home game. The prefix that shown will be played outside Japan. Oh, okay. Um, so the so yeah, I hadn't but, noticed I'm, that. I'm we touched it, I don't know, we touched it uh, maybe before we starting the show, but they uh, have done like Sunwolves a small favor because it seems like Sandsford had, had got out of a way to try to make uh, Sunwolves get a win in New Zealand because 
The Blues start at home against Crusader, which is the toughest possibly home opening. Then they go to yeah. South then they go to South Africa and play, I think, the Sharks. Yep. And then then have to play the Jaguars, and then yep. ride back home to Auckland to play the Sunwolves. It seems like okay, we're gonna give that we're gonna give Sunwolves that win in New Zealand. We're gonna, we're gonna give Just because like, you cannot. Human, do I buy a season ticket next year? <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. But you just, you just, just realise that you're going to um, you're going to lose every single game. Um, the donation. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, imagine like a new season with the Blues. You know, then starting up with three straight losses and Sun was, uh, and then maybe losing that one too. Like, but then it's all that's what's waiting for you, boys. <laughs> and other thing I saw in this schedule, a right now. When I looked through it, it's uh, I think it is the the Bulls. Play the first 14 rounds in South Africa. And actually, no, they play Jaguars away in the second round, in the second round. But until then, they don't tour until the week 14. So they go to Argentina in week two. But apart from that, the, third, the other 13 rounds in the beginning, they are in South Africa. So that could possibly help them. Well, they'll yeah, they'll, 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 yeah they, they'll need to have got their points early doors because they will, they will lose four of their last five games. Uh, they will lose. <laughs> the Bulls. The Bulls do not tour yeah. well um, historically. No, that's true. They um, used to. Interestingly enough, they used to. They didn't go too badly when they used to tour. But um, there's a long time ago. There's another team. There's another team that starts with a B also that used to be good at touring. What's the name? Um, B in the beginning. Uh, oh, from Blue Jersey too. Also, also a Blue Jersey. Yeah. Uh, a mute button. There's a mute button here somewhere. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, the, the, the Bulls uh, historically have not have not been great tourists. Um, the the Highlanders I noticed uh, seem to get their. Um, I think they, they they get all of their New Zealand derbies out the way by about round twelve. I think it is. Um, so they should be finishing with a bit of a wet sail. Um, yeah, I mean it's ex- I, I didn't I didn't have I didn't have that in my mind when I was watching the schedule, but maybe you have it in front of you now, Paul, like because. Yeah. It probably makes sense that the Kiwi teams aren't going to have their All Blacks for maybe for the first two rounds. So who are getting the who's getting the advantage there? Playing easy teams and who are going to? I mean, playing well, like Waratahs away with your without your All Blacks could probably be a tough big ask. Well, Blue, Blues also get the Crusaders, which is obviously good because the Crusaders will have a lot of All Blacks, but the Blues won't. They'll only lo- they'll, well, they'll only lose to to, to Enrico and uh, Akiri. Everyone else. Um, again, because they, because the All Blacks only pick brothers, because brothers get preferential t- treatment. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's a bit like when, when you when, when you have kids uh, and they go to school and they, uh, when you put them in, in after school care, the second one gets um, gets fifteen percent off. Um, maybe it's a bit like that. Maybe it's cheaper for the All Blacks to pay to pay for two of them. You can, you can uh, pass on the equipment. That's for sure. <laughs> hand me downs All Black jerseys. Um, so <laughs> round one: Chiefs versus versus Highlanders. Um, so that's going to be a, a, a good one. Waratahs hosting the Hurricanes, as you said, away so at the Hurricanes. Exactly, Hurricanes. Um, the Hurricane versus, doesn't Crusaders. get the favour of that, for sure. And then in round two, the Highlanders host the Reds, which will be good for them. Um, the Crusaders host the Hurricanes. Uh, uh, the Brumbies host the Chiefs. So again, that's a hard one for the Chiefs. And the Sharks host the Blues. Um, yeah. And you've got to say, if the, if the Blues haven't got their... All Blacks the first two rounds, they're not going to fly. The all Black they're not going to fly, or two of them, yes. <laughs> they're not going to fly them out to Argentina for one game and then back again. So 
the Blues will also probably be missing their, their All Blacks for round three for the Haguar, against the Haguaros. It just wouldn't be. It just wouldn't make sense to fly them all the way there and back again for one game. And also, I, it's a very big difference I haven't seen because Jaguars have started all the three previous seasons with two away games in South Africa. This year we start with three home games, so that's like a clear difference they made. I don't know why they rethink that one. Maybe they want to give the Jaguars a, a flying start to the season. Um, yep, or, or, or make them play those those games when they're not. Uh, um, when when they're, when they're not already up to speed and therefore lose lose their home games, um, swings and roundabouts. <laughs> um, uh. In in the chat, um, Jack's asking, are the Blues going to take any games away from Eden Park? Uh, we say the venues haven't been announced yet. We don't know. Um, I would hope so. Um, yeah. Even yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, we've talked about this. Um, yeah. I think uh, a few episodes ago. So, um, you know. Highlanders need to take games to Southland. Blues need to take games to Fongaray, not Albany. Um, you know, but that, we know Blues that's going to take games to Nelson. The Blues and, may and, take and a pre-season game up for, to Fongaray, but, that's, but they yeah. don't take a, a real game. Yeah, oh, no, no. What we're talking about is what should happen, what doesn't, not oh, what yeah. does actually happen. And then it's, um, it's just crazy. It's crazy. So uh, yes, yes. Well, we'll wait and see. As said um, to Jack, is that if, if this year's any any sign, there was. No games taken away from Eden Park this year. Don't know what the logic behind that was. Um, so if they follow suit, then basically next year all games will be at Eden Park. But it is wait and see what happens. I had a well, you got to mention that too also, but again about the Sun Wolves, but because they are forced to play two games outside uh, Japan. But Japan. I was chatting with a Japanese fan, a rugby fan on Facebook, and his suggestion was he, he, if you're gonna and take two games away from their home field in Tokyo, especially in the World Cup here. Why don't you take them to some other venues in Japan instead? Absolutely. Which I thought like make total sense, you know, if you want to spread, again, if you want to spread the, spread the gospel. So well, logic would be that why would they take two games outside of Japan at all? They should just play all their games in a World, um, in a world Cup year. In a world. Oh, but but any year, but any year, even you know, this is like yeah, but, Japan's but, a big country, and there's lots of stadiums there. I don't. Yeah, why yeah. why is the Sunwolves is, is the Sunwolves a, a team there to be a real team as part of a competition, or are they just a promotional vehicle for World Rugby or Sansa? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, it's 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 beyond stupid that you take the weakest team in competition. That's the team you're forced to play two away games a year, like two games from home. Home, I suppose yep. home games away. It's like, and uh, some of the, because the, the game, like when we play, when we play in Hong Kong against the Storm, it's because it was a cracker of a game with a drop goal finish and everyone, oh, it's such a success. But there was a 5,000, 5,000 people maybe in the crowd there. And then you see like when Sambos play home in Tokyo, they usually have over 20,000. It's a great atmosphere yeah. and everything. I mean, if that game would have played in Tokyo, then it would have been like legendary stuff. And the screaming. You're gonna love yeah. the screaming. Woo! <laughs> you know, actually, it thought is that what they should do is that they say, okay, the two teams that make the final of Super Rugby must play one game each outside of their um, outside of the country, because you're then yeah. taking your top team, and it's like makes sense because you want the top teams to go and promote your game. Yeah, that's what, that's exactly what I used as argument when I was speaking about when we want to take Super Rugby to Hong Kong. You don't take, yeah. if you want to promote Super Rugby in Hong Kong, you take Crusaders and Hurricane and put on a real show, a real show, then you can probably get a decent crowd. A lot of a promotion big bus. around. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. 
So I've just been going well, through the, the, the schedule trying to figure out which game might go to the Pacific Islands um, this, this, this time around. Um, my, and it would be? Well, I'm thinking maybe the, uh, the Chiefs Crusaders on the 1st of June because um, they, they, they've done that one before. Uh, the Chiefs quite often yep. take, take one up there. Um, but hasn't Chiefs been vocal that they're not going to do it because they don't want to give away home advantage anymore? The Chiefs has already done it twice. I think they was the Highlanders the, 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 the doing it this year against the Chiefs. I think it is. Um, yeah, but it's a Highlanders game as opposed to the Chiefs giving away one of their home games. Yep. The other option is the Crusaders. Interestingly enough, have two games at five o'clock in the afternoon, which seems strange to me. That they don't normally um, do that. Now, one of those is against the Brumbies, so it's, they're unlikely to take that one overseas. I wouldn't have thought they'd normally take derbies of overseas. Um, I'm trying to find where the other one was now. Um, the Crusaders Chiefs on the 9th of March is a is a 515 game, more. so that one might be uh, that one might be at the Crusaders that uh, might be the one they take overseas. Yep. As long as we don't ta- as, long, as long as we don't take the Blues to Samoa again and charge them like one, one month salary for the ticket prices. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. Let's not go there. We know how. How good the administration there is. I've not spotted a blues. Uh, I've not spotted a blues family day, which is unusual. Not, the blues normally have one one game in the afternoon where they call it uh, their, their sort of family day, but I can't spot where that game is. But they'll they still have, they'll still have um, two long weekends, and they'll have games at home on the long weekends when everybody in Auckland leaves. But that's, yeah. <laughs> Go there. Yeah. Um, Blues cannot do any family shows anymore because their shows are rated R anymore. It's such a horror. It's not a family show. It's not (laughs) a family show. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's for angry grown up men. That's for watching. (laughs) 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 Look, moving moving right along, and and before we run out of too much time, which we're pretty much out of time anyway, but um, we'll try and squeeze this one in. No, no, no. Uh, we, we, We can skip the last question. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, because it is a good question, we do want to spend good time on it, so um, we, we won't we won't squeeze it. We'll save it. It's a good question. It's a good question. Oh, well, so we'll go on to our predictions. We'll go on because we've got to squeeze in our predictions, don't we? So um, who's playing this weekend anyway? So yeah. So which game are you looking forward to this weekend? Yeah. Let's see. Let's. Well, hmm, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to throw a strange one out there. USA v Scotland. Oof. Oof. USA have just gone and beaten Russia handily. Um, yeah. all, their, all their players are in Major League Rugby, so they've actually been properly they've been condition, got proper strength and conditioning for the past uh, two, three, or oh, three, four months. Um, on the whole, combinations. Pardon? They got combinations. Combina- oh, yeah, combinations as well. So, yeah. um, USA Scotland could be interesting because again, Scotland are far from. Their first choice side. I think Scotland did put away Canada comfortably last weekend, so I'm still expecting Scotland to win. Uh, but uh, this is—I uh, know a lot of people in the USA are saying this has been this is their best chance in a long time to get that uh, coveted Tier One scalp that they that they really are aiming for. Yeah, good call. Bro. What about you, What are you looking forward to, mate? Um, I guess, yeah. But, the most intriguing one is South Africa, England again, because I have a, it seems like a little bit like last chance saloon for, for England and the young stuff. There were signs that, I mean, I, I don't think it's beyond them to turn it around, but another loss 
I don't think uh, Eddie Jones can come back from that. So that's what I'm going to do. I mean, loss, uh, of course, it can come back from that. Jimmy yeah, Jones but you know, you know what? Yeah, yeah but I defended that too, Paul. I defended that too, Paul. But you know how it works back in your uh, in your home. Oh, the press that, are crazy. That, that, yeah. yeah, but they have, and they affect things. And if you lose another one with the lost series and so on, after some like pretty weird selections too, and the change of taking a Isikwe out and putting Shields in a lock and so on, like makes very little sense, you know. And we'll we'll see how. And uh, as everyone we talked about yesterday, with Mike Brown on the wing too, yeah. They are now. I've Ed, Ed is in trouble. Ed is in serious trouble. I think. I mean, uh, it doesn't matter that we can. It was a in parts a good England performance because if they don't get the win now, they need they need a result now. He's going to be in big trouble. Yeah, I, I think uh, you're right, Paul, in the fact that there's only three points on the uh, previous game, but there's a lot of pressure mounting and. I think if um, England goes down this weekend, then uh, that, that's just going to carry on mounting. Um, yeah. But just in that game, what do you think? Is uh, Do you think we'll see Shields over Robshaw on the side yes. of the scrum? Yes. 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 Yep. I do. But I'll I, let, I, let I don't go, think we'll see, and, and we'll also probably see, um, if, if he's fit, obviously we'll see, oh, I've gone blank, back at lock. Launchbury. Launchbury back at lock as well, yep. Other than yeah, that, I, I don't think we'll see many other changes. Maybe, they, yeah, maybe Losovsky have a chance to to play instead of Slade at 13. That's also a possible change, but Slade did for Rydish. But I'm also, with Ben, uh, with uh, Ben Jones, I mean, he looked when he has, but all, all fly hats look good when we have a little bit of a time and so on. You know, he looked magic, but when the England doesn't have front football, he looked terrible, actually, and that's pretty much a channel all the teams that are playing England choose to run the ball in, and they get, do you mean, they get you, mean, huge... you mean George Ford? Ford, 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 Ford. Yeah, yeah, not, I mean, not, not, not Ben yeah. Youngs, yeah. No, I mean, no, no, George Ford no. is, is, a, is definitely a front foot fly half. He doesn't, yeah, he's not your controlling, he's not your general who, who saves you. Uh, he doesn't like that. He doesn't like being under pressure, uh, which is one of the reasons that they've taken the kicking off him and have Farrell at 12, at 12 is to stop, is to take that pressure off him uh, and let him, let him try and be creative. But you're right, he does need front football. Yeah, and I'm not so sure South Africa going to give give him that. I mean, in parts, yes, but I expect South Africa to be a little bit stronger too this weekend because they are very much work in progress. Yep. Yeah, I think again we talked about that last night, and the South Africans getting confidence out of that. Yes, I'm, I'm sort of looking forward to seeing how the um, All Blacks get away with murder in the two <laughs> number two. <laughs> Hey, look, they've got record. Right. Look, 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 look what happened in Ireland the other, uh, the, uh, other year. Sam, Sam Kane went headhunting there as well, didn't he? He's got, he's, he's got, yes, he's got he form. Did. He's got form. He's got form, as they say in the game. they got form. <laughs> um, a quick question in the chat there was, uh, are the Pacific Islands playing? Yes, Fiji host Samoa and Tonga host... No, oh, no sorry, Fiji host... Fiji, um, Fiji, Georgia this time, I think. Fiji host Georgia and Tonga host Samoa. It should be a good one. one. Yep. That could That's, be a good one, yeah. That should, that should actually be a good one. Yes, yes. Some people suggested actually happen. that the All Blacks France game will be just too predictable and not going to bother, bother watching. Well, uh, uh, that's your choice, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we'll still be parking up with a bowl of popcorn to watch that one this time. Bowl of yeah, popcorn? You know. Jeez, it'll be, uh, we'll be refilling the glass. Oh, <laughs> we'll have a glass and popcorn. <laughs> no, there is, a, there is a huge clash on the TV on uh, Saturday afternoon also because 
uh, when Wallabies play Ireland at the same time, uh, the, the Socceroos plays France in the World Cup in soccer. I mean, that's gonna. I wonder what the Australian audience is gonna shoot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is no, that, is, that is the worst scheduling. Oh no, it could be worse. Yeah. They could they could put they could put the game again up against a an a, a, a um. Oh, an Origins game, um, which would be even yeah. worse because no one would then watch it's, the Wallabies game. But that yeah, is a, that's best. very bad. For... That's a shocking, shocking scheduling. Actually, yeah. absolutely shocking. You can't. I mean, especially the first game when people still are hoping a little bit. You know, we think the soccer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess they'll have three people watching. Oh no, actually, Herman, you, what do you be watching? No, I, uh, I gonna. I definitely going to watch the games from uh, from the islands in the morning, and then yeah. I'm going to watch Japan, Italy, and I'm going to watch uh, All Black France. But uh, in my secret life, when I don't watch rugby, I'm working a little bit as a soccer journalist. So I am uh, I'm going to I'm going to go <laughs> at least watch on two screens at the same time because I'm going to be quite busy with the World Cup in soccer too. But let's the less yeah. we talk about that, the better. <laughs> so yeah, no, I won't. Nah. I, 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 I I won't be actually watching the Australia Island game. I'll be uh, I'll be in bed. I've got my. Uh, I've got family down at the weekend, so uh, the only game I'll be watching live will be the All Blacks uh, France, and the rest I'll have to catch up on later, unfortunately. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to do. I'm going to catch up on su- Sunday morning too, watching most games on Sunday morning. But I'm going to watch a lot of sport this weekend. My God. <laughs> it's not just this weekend, though. It's the next three or four weeks. No, but um, this is going to be extreme, because usually it's going to be like seven, eight rugby games, but I'm going to top it up with six, seven football games too, which is going to be... I have absolutely no plans with no friends who has to do anything. By the time, by the time we do get Herman's presence back in uh, Hash Rugby <laughs> Chat, All Blacks show, prediction shows, he'll have square eyes for sure. And his, for his, sure. And for his sure. brain will be dribbling out of his ears having to try and yeah, talk yeah, 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 um, yeah. Uh, Christian asks, is Japan playing this weekend? Yes, they're playing its league. Yeah. yeah. And to one who's asking that, go to Eurosports Italian site. That you can watch the game for free if you're streaming, if you're outside Europe, which I think most of our viewers are. That's what I watch the first game. High D quality. Italian commentators, but but they were actually pretty funny to listen to. Damn, they were enthusiastic, you know. And we're, we're telling each other jokes like nonstop during the game. We're telling each other jokes nonstop during the game. I know like a tiny bit of Spanish, you know, so, but, but it was like... You, um, I mean, it gets a feeling, but that's not like like proper like clean yokes, you know. It's like a little bit. Oh, look at that guy! He's big. Maybe not big only there. Big there too. <laughs> that kind of joke. Oh dearie me! The, the alternative commentary, um, and uh, actually, that is something that uh, for, for just as a little teaser, I am looking at trying to maybe do an alternative uh, commentary to one of the games um, coming up. So uh, maybe. Um, you'll see. Uh, you'll see that um, on on YouTube. Um, cool. Shall we wrap it up there then? I'll show you what yeah, people we'll actually, wrap it actually, up. Before we wrap it up, everybody hit that like button, and if you're new on the channel, do subscribe. Obviously, um, and uh, comments down below, much appreciated. Um, always up for a good chat and a timeout from Ashwin. Gone, Ashwin. Where's your um, advertising thingy? <gasps> you know your yeah, product placement. Yeah, your product placement. There we go. And if you want to get yourself a bottle pop, it opens your bottles of beer uh, and gives you a little, a little sound clip, uh, do click the link below. Um, I'll uh, do a little video tomorrow night and uh, show people how it works. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> right.
But that's what's his name, like Grant Amstead, the famous New Zealand commentator. That's his voice, isn't it? That's right. Yep, they're all his. They're all the famous ones. He, he did his 300 test uh, game commentating this weekend. Wow. Yeah, it was his first. But I probably have done 300 test games too in front of a telly. I get actually done a lot more than 300 <laughs> test games. But I'm thinking. <laughs> How many tests have you done, Paul? I have no idea. But I, it, oh, I haven't had to pay attention the, the whole time and actually talk about them, though. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian Moore says that commentating and watching for enjoyment are two very different things. <laughs> uh, my, my, probably my fav- favorite comment from Green Answer is that they won't catch him. When someone is they won't catch him. Shut the gate. He's gone. <laughs> He's gone. Numbers. Oh. numbers, numbers. Oh dear, no, not numbers, no, not again. <laughs> That's Australian commentators. That's one of their. Oh, that, the worst commentators oh. on the planet are Australian commentators. Full stop. Yeah. Sorry, that's, Rob, Rob Hayfield, number one. Ah, uh, that's not a yellow card. It's a contact spot. I can I get like <laughs> <laughs> Please, Sorry just, can, can we send him off and make him make him actually go on a referees course and actually go and referee some games and learn how the game's really played? And what the rules oh. really are. So sorry, I, I know we're going to wrap up, but I read like most amazing thing what they do in France for punishment with uh, when we do sighting of players. They give the players an option that they can uh, actually get half the penal- uh, half the t- sighting time if we agree to go and do some rugby refereeing. Which I think isn't that brilliant? It's like um, these is um, oh, I've forgotten the term now. Um. Probate, not probation. Yeah, when they get the go, go pick up rubbish in the streets. Wear your orange suit and pick up rubbish yeah, yeah, in the street. Yeah, yeah. Like doing like the community service. Community service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I think that's probably that probably should be the same thing for fans yeah. too. Because anyone who tried to referee any sport have like a tons more understanding for being a referee. How hard it is. No, yep. yes, that's true. Ashwin. <laughs> 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 He's been doing it all day, ref. <laughs> that's two minutes into the game. Um, <laughs> exactly, that's the favourite thing. That's the cliche you love to throw in there. It's been thirty seconds. He's been doing it all day, ref. <laughs> uh, you, get, you get good laughs with that one. You always get good laughs with that one. You got to throw it in the earlier. You, the earlier you throw it in, the more laughs you get. I give you a new one, like. When you sure it's quiet in the stadium, Ash, and you know the referee gonna hear you, then you're gonna ask him like, "So how much money you got to the game, ref?" The, the, no, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I promise you, that's, you just, know, that's just football. If you got the gold, if you got the gold watch, they're coming after the game. That's <laughs> uh, during the game, you know. Like, oh no, that one goes back to um, ninety-one, no, ninety-five World Cup. When um, Derek Bevan got a gold watch from Louis Late, <laughs> the World Cup final. Oh dear! The referee got a so oh, but you they bought both referee and food poison. Damn! They are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably gold watch as well. You got to you got to uh, I, I, cover I, I, all your bases. I always, I always love, but what I love the most is the, the conspiracy about the food poison. The All Blacks still played 120 minutes and were with inches and winning it, you know. But still, they, they got poisoned. That's where we lost the game. Like, okay, you were proven. And we're telling, like, we were, like, uh, saving Private Dry and, like, trench warfare in the hotel. But we still managed to play 120 minutes of pretty good rugby, you know. Like, but, yeah, okay, okay, okay. 
I would love sometimes Sorry, I like this one from, from Andre. Open your eyes, ref. You're missing a good game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is a, that's good. I'll have to remember that and put it in the memory banks. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. All right. All right. We're we done now. We've done this time. 10-minute, like, little... put the invoice up over time. This is like, you know, other, other shows. We do, like, we do the show in one hour, then we do, like, a like flimsy half-hour after-hour show just so people know that the, the standards will go down. So maybe that's an advice we should take for the <laughs> next time. We do one hour serious, and then we do a half-hour, we just say whatever we want, you know, so we don't mix the two things up, you know? Well, they, they, norm- <laughs> they, normally, they normally have, like, a uh, like, like, like two hours' worth of recording for half an hour of show, and they do editing and things. This is unedited. This is all, just, this is all straight out. <laughs> One-take wonders. That's what we are. Um <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, uh, comments down below in the chat, please. We do uh, we do really enjoy those, um, and it also helps uh, um, YouTube realise that actually it's a good video and it should show lots of people it. So it's always good to do that kind of thing. And don't forget to subscribe, uh, hit the bell as well um, if you know what that means, um, and become part of my notifications team. That's apparently a social media term. I don't know. Notification. Really um, team. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cool. All right. Uh, you know how to get hold of Ashwin. It's, it's NZFAT, so he'll talk politics to you. You know how to get hold of Herman. You have to talk to me because he doesn't do social media. Um, and um, catch you all tomorrow night at the same time uh, for the... Uh, I've gone blank. What are we doing tomorrow night? Oh, yeah. The um, All Blacks edition. All Blacks show.